0: Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and serviceable plots, or getting into the nitty gritty rules for 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. By contributing as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even a chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly out of character shenanigans and even cause some of your own by influencing the story, our producer tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to our producer tier patron Matt Fry for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventure tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, and a Linux fan. To join this list of outstanding people, go to Patreon.com/DnDRaw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Next week will be Rumble Squad, episode 21. Join us now for Serviceable Plot's episode 21. It's not like I don't like the sky and the sun. With me today are the following players.
1: Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half elf awakened mystic.
2: Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiba Konshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock.
3: Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliffe, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm
4: Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azamar monk paladin. <laughs>
0: Last time, Akiva and Valen spent some time first at the temple to Nesla, then at the temple to Keras, where Valen requested a place to stay and meditate on his actions the past few weeks. Afterwards, the party met back up at the Erudite Sanctuary, where Squiv was being reprimanded for arguing with a guest of the temple. Finally, the party did get a chance to enjoy themselves and play some of the many games that were taking place on this feast day to Arleos, with all of them winning some money, as well as Belinda winning the title of Mediator in a Mock Trial and they celebrated with an elegant meal before heading off to rest for the evening. You guys are climbing the stairs. Belinda, what does your apartment look like?
1: So as we're going up this small, pretty narrow staircase, you notice that it just looks simple, well-maintained, and we will open the door to Belinda's apartment. The space reminds you of Belinda. Neat, logical, and solitary. A surprisingly large window lets in natural light. Uh, At the moment, it's rather dark, but there's some moonlight that comes in and is a you know, kind of drifting across a large table. Obviously this was designed as a kitchen table, but it clearly serves as a desk for work with little neat stacks of papers, a row of pens, and seals all in their specific quadrants of the table. In the far corner of the room, there's a glass case with tomes carefully organized and a screen hides what is presumably a basin for washing. The bed in the room is large and rather ornate with expensive down pillows and silk sheets. A single cabinet serves as storage. So it is all one kind of open room. Zolas already knows the rules, because he has been here before. Do not touch anything on my table.
3: I will put my bag down near the door.
1: Yeah, sorry. I, I just am very particular about my things. I will remove stuff from the table, so I guess you can, I don't know, put something there. I have some bedding we can use to make little places for you to sleep, but um, try not to touch anything as much as possible. Oh, I guess you're gonna have to touch things. Oh, shoot. I don't usually have people here. This is sort of my space.
3: I could probably just find a hotel or
2: something to no, sleep. No, no,
1: no, no, it's fine. I'm just sorry. I've just sort of... Um... I've
2: slept on worse. I can go sleep in an alley.
1: Please.
0: <laughs> I don't
3: think things are that bad. I mean, it's not like I was suggesting that I go dig a trench to sleep in.
0: Yeah, Kiva, and, and you did make a little bit of money off the games.
1: No, it's fine. Sorry. I'm just rattled. I just don't usually have a lot of company. And I, you know, I'm traveling so much, so I haven't really been here. No, but we'll just set up, there's plenty of floor space. So we'll just set up beds for everybody and I'll move everything off the table. You can put all your stuff there. I hope this works out. The price is right. And uh, that means tomorrow we can visit Henrietta's uh, bookshop easily and maybe chat with her a little bit before we head to the tavern for breakfast.
3: Yeah that'd be nice. And I start unpacking my bedroll. Belinda, you know this city pretty well, right?
1: Uh, I grew up here.
3: Do you know
2: of any store close by that would sell sort of knickknacks, like a couple like wooden balls or some simple knives?
1: Like it's just a general shop? Sort yes. Of general store thing? Yeah, there's one down the street. Do you want to get a good price or do you want to just have it quick?
2: I don't exactly know how to budget.
1: <laughs> Sorry, this is not the cheapest district to shop in. We don't have a lot of stores here. The debris, you know, where we were at my father's shop earlier, that would be uh, more expensive. We could go somewhere cheaper. But if you're just getting small things, there's a shop down the street. We could swing by. Why are you getting knives and wooden Never mind. I don't, I don't want to know.
2: It's not for anything bad. It's for my uh, performance.
1: That makes it worse. It makes me a little nervous. You know how to, wait, are you throwing those knives at someone? No. <laughs> okay.
0: Juggling knives. Yeah, there you go. Okay.
1: So you're throwing them to yourself?
2: Yes. Also, anywhere I could get a musical instrument.
1: You'll have to be more specific. What instrument do you play?
2: A little bit of the lute, hence why I'm able to teach Lazarus a little bit of the tiny- uh, Speaking of which, and then- <laughs> <laughs> So you snap your fingers and nothing happens. What? Well, what does that mean? Can I make some sort of self-assessment? How? I guess I will kind of say, to my... umbra- Are you not letting me call out Lazarus for reasons? Roll
0: straight charisma.
1: Could I make an arcana check, Tony?
0: Yeah, go ahead. 19. Okay, and then arcana check?
1: It's a total of eight, and I have a plus seven. (laughs) Oh no.
0: So, Blenda, it's been a really long day. You spent a lot of your energy on that mock trial.
1: I'm currently removing my things and tucking them all away in that cabinet, basically making the space as spartan as possible.
0: Akiva, you get kind of a cold shiver down your spine when you ask about if Umbra is doing something with this. It's the exact same sensation you got when you were praying to Nezalem in his temple. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I would also be pointing out this group. I have some of my books over here. I don't know if it's the sort of thing that interests you. Some of it's census data that we've gathered, stuff that we're not actually using, but I thought was of interest if you're inclined. Thanks. Don't let keeper read them.
3: Yeah, I'll do that.
1: They're very delicate.
3: Lazarus
0: then suddenly appears on Akiva's shoulders.
1: Hey, buddy.
2: Okay, I'll kind of pet him a little bit. Hey, sorry I couldn't take you out most of the day. And then I will kind of just set my stuff to the side out of the way. And then I've seen Valen do this enough times to where can I go to kind of an unoccupied corner of the room and just kind of make like I'm meditating? You've seen both Belinda and Valen do this.
1: Are you okay, Kiva?
2: It happened when I was at the temple to Nezalem. I got a weird chill down my spine. I thought it was maybe Nezalem giving me the cold shoulder for expected reasons. Literally. But I just also got the same feeling when I tried to summon Lazarus. So maybe it's Umbra. I'm going to see if maybe there's something we need to talk about or something. I don't know. But I'm just going to go huddle in the corner.
1: I mean, you don't have to huddle. Uh, You can-
2: I'll go meditate (laughs) in the corner.
1: Okay. Let us know if you need something. I still don't know how to handle- All of what's going on, but...
2: It's okay. I don't either, but thank you for being here to help me figure it out. Yep. And then that's basically what I'm doing for the rest of the night, just contemplating what the heck's going on.
0: And eventually trancing.
1: Yes. I'll check on Zolas.
0: Thank you for uh, lending us your place for the evening, Belinda.
1: Well, it's not the most glamorous, but I'm sure you've seen much worse in your travels.
0: I lived on a ship for years and years, so... Yes. You ever been on a, a ship when it's raining? No. Yeah, not the easiest to sleep in.
1: Are we talking heavy rain or are we talking, like, storms?
0: Full storm, you don't sleep much.
1: There's a reason I stay on land a lot.
0: I completely understand. Not everybody gets their sea legs.
1: Yeah. Scrib, are you more comfortable on land, on sea, or underground?
3: Underground. It's not like I don't like the sky and the sun, but... It just feels more comfortable to have a bunch of walls close in. I am putting my bedroll under the table that she was super against us doing stuff on top of.
1: <laughs> no, I just didn't want you messing with my pens. <laughs> it's fine now. Everything's cleared off, but you, yeah, you're welcome to sleep under the table. Your quills? My quills are all put away. My parchment's put away. My carefully organized papers are all stowed in the cabinet. Yeah, yours. Belinda doesn't really own much of anything. It's pretty empty here. But the bed is nice.
3: I mean, you yeah, have census records, to which I've already pulled over three tomes from various parts of the Vremor expansion.
1: Yeah, and I'll sort of talk shop. I'll explain kind of why these particular records weren't found to be relevant for the purposes of taxation. A lot of it on sort of cultural aspects that they picked up. So different deities that are being worshipped and just sort of like social information Because they're really driven by how many people are there, where do they live, and how much can we tax them. So really about property and that sort of thing. So these records are all on not that. So I was able to hold on to them. And I know there's a whole section there on Solana, so maybe there's something you could find out there.
3: Yeah, that might be good. Okay. Will you guys do anything else for the evening? Probably gonna sleep. I'm tired from today.
1: Yeah, it's kind of late. We were uh, out at the restaurant, you know, having a wild and crazy time.
0: While you guys were talking, Shabzola went over to his bedroll that he had already set up. And uh, had his hat on over his head and was like almost snoring by the time you guys were done talking.
1: Yeah, it's just like ledgers, basically, of information.
3: Well, ledgers for anyone coming into and out of Orenthal and across the empire.
1: Across the Rimmer Empire. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Who are these people and how do we tax them is basically what Bullet's job has been. (laughs) Yeah, I think I will say my prayers to Adar and go to sleep because, yeah, it has been a long day and tomorrow should be interesting. Yeah.
0: So Akiva, in your trance, as you are focusing, you don't see Umbra. You don't hear his voice. You find yourself in utter darkness. The landscape around you, dull. Aspects of gray and muted colors begin to form. A figure is in front of you. About medium length, brown hair. Part that falls over the left side of the face. Feminine build. You see a Shadar woman.
2: And I'm guessing I recognize her?
0: Talori. Yep. The three piercings on her right eyebrow, she looks up at you, brushes the hair away from her face for a moment. Seems to be looking around, and her eyes do fall to you. Talori. Your voice sounds muffled, as if you were trying to speak underwater. And she calls out, Akiva, where are you? I'm on the material plane, where I've been. Akiva, where are you? I'm in the city of Vorenthal. Her eyes suddenly go wide. Akiva! And she's yanked backwards and your vision fades. Okay. Am I bolted
2: out of my trance, I'm guessing? This is at the end of your trance.
3: (sighs) Oh, joy.
0: Okay. She didn't seem harmed anyway, just normal. She looked fine up until the very end where she looked shocked and surprised as her body flew back. Okay.
2: I'll kind of just... I guess shift up from my trance and just kind of contemplate what's going on.
0: Okay. The rest of you the next morning, wake up perfectly
3: fine. I would like to fight with Akiva. You want to spar? Yep. Oh boy, I'm distracted too. Would I recognize that Akiva is distracted? Not trying to hide
0: it. If he's not trying to hide it, I mean, Scriv, your passive insight's a 16. Yeah. Then we're
3: definitely doing that. Okay. Where are you doing that? Does the apartment have an accessible roof?
1: No, I live over a shop. (laughs) I mean, there's, like, some parks that are in this area.
0: There's actually several open fields around here, yeah. We'll go out into a field and we'll spar. Okay. When you guys are leaving the shop, you notice Henrietta seems to be cleaning the windows outside. Scriv, you catch a glimpse that there was, like, some paint that she's cleaning off.
3: Ooh, what happened here?
0: Just some people thinking that they can try and intimidate me. Can we help in any way? Please. I have it. Mm, I, I insist. I'm- She points and, like, there's just a little bit left at the base. I get up early. It's alright. Thank you. Then she goes back to scrubbing it.
3: Okay, let us know if there's anything we can do. we Will do. Yeah, that... Nah, it's probably nothing. Let's go spar. Okay. So, just passive insight, would I be able to tell what the intent... She says intimidation, but is it, like, a rival business? Is it just because of who she is, like... Passive insight? Like... It seems like she's a little bit annoyed,
0: but this is something that she's dealt with for a very long time. Like, it seems like an old annoyance, not something new. So you get the impression, yeah, it's definitely because of who she is.
3: Yeah. And as we're going over to the field, passive investigation, not seeing any other evidence of maybe somebody else dealing with the same circumstances. Nope. Okay. Put in the back of my brain and
0: focus on fighting.
3: Sparring with Akiva is
0: very different than sparring with Valen, as Akiva's moves are powered by magic. (laughs) Exactly why I wanted to fight him. He swings, and it seems the sword kind of guides the
3: attack.
1: It's not about technique, right?
3: No, but, okay, so if I leave an opening in my stance, does he go for it, or does he go for something else? Like, can I try and draw the weapon's attacks, is what I'm trying to do.
0: So you notice, like, Akiva will go to strike at you, and it seems like- Where his initial swing is going seems to shift, like, at the last minute a lot of times. Okay. So when you do leave an opening, he'll, like, go to the general, like, side, and the attack will shift to actually go for the opening. Making his move set very odd to deal with, because most people, you can read their intention as they're going to strike. With Akiva, you can't. So Scripps trying to analyze this... So I would say go ahead and roll an insight, Scriv. Akiva, a roll an attack roll.
3: 24. That's a total of eight. So
0: it's really hard to study him. Like Akiva himself, his physical build is clearly not, he's not particularly strong. He's not particularly quick. And yet Akiva's strikes still seem to come out of nowhere a lot of the times as he moves. It's unpredictability. Yeah, you've never fought someone quite like this.
3: I get my butt kicked.
0: So that is how you guys are spending your morning.
3: Are we sure that, like, a city guard doesn't think I'm getting mugged or something by the weird man in the costume? Because this is a solidly one-sided beating.
0: Since none of you are bleeding, and this is also the feast day to, you know, the god of combat, you get, like, some brief pauses from guards who are walking through, who watch for a few minutes, and when they notice that there is clearly no, you know, threat to either of your lives, they move on. Okay.
1: So you're saying there's lots of fighting in the streets today anyways, just oh, yeah. for sparring. Like, this is the day to spar.
0: Yeah, people are also getting set up. You see, actually, like, a little ways off, you see a couple of, like, some groups practicing. You see some one on one. Like, people seem to be, you know, training right now, particularly around the Temple to Arleos.
1: Okay. Can I talk to Zolas for a minute?
0: Yeah. So, Zolas is getting ready. You notice, like he still has his disguise like he generally looks like a Scrivener so he kind of looks at at one point and just says I guess I should still wear this here
1: I think it's working for you no one notices you at all anymore
0: that's true I do miss my jacket though
1: I mean unless you're wanting to draw attention again you miss it a little bit
0: I miss my jacket I like that jacket
1: no but you like having people notice you
0: okay fine fine I do
1: Welcome to my world, where you just walk around like a normal person and people pay you no attention until you're rude to them.
0: Yeah, I just, I like the attention just because it's me, not because of, you know, who my family is.
1: I know. It's hard being with someone who's so famous. Are you mocking me? There really is no right answer here, because if I say yes, then I'm confirming it. If I say no, then I'm lying. And <laughs> so, whatever you'd like it to be.
0: Food? Once those two are done?
1: Yeah, yeah. I hope everything goes all right for you after this. I don't know if we'll see each other again. Any of us will see you.
0: I don't know. I guess we'll see how things go. I'll be around Orenthal for a while, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I'm sure you'll miss the nightmares.
0: How are you doing?
1: I love having nightmares. It sort of creates like a... You know, normally you sleep. And you just sleep. Nothing happens. You awake feeling refreshed and ready to start your day. But I now have this new experience where I fall asleep. It's horrible. And I wake up not feeling refreshed. So... You know, it's kind of a a new experience that's really helping to define my mornings and make me dread sleeping at night, but otherwise it's going okay. It's all right.
0: Yeah, that should be done soon at least then too, huh?
1: Yeah, I think so. Thanks for trusting me and telling us what we needed to know.
0: I mean, Valen's strong and everything, but even he said it. He put on a bad face the first time we met.
1: Yeah, but hey, on the flip side, thanks for making it really hard for us to get the information we needed.
0: I don't know who I can trust. I'm sorry, I, I don't know you. I know you're my escort here, but how am I supposed to know to trust you over just some regular city guard?
1: I'm innately trustworthy. Look at this face.
0: The person who doesn't tell her allies that she has mind powers that cause nosebleeds.
1: Until they're ready.
0: Yes, until they're ready.
1: I'm being thoughtful, I assume. That seems like a good way to describe it. Yeah. So, uh, you ready to go meet Kenneth Archien?
0: No, but let's go ahead. He's always so loud.
1: He's a dwarf. Well, half-dwarf.
0: Yeah. All right. I guess let's get going.
1: All right. I'll say hi to Henriette on the way down, just to-
0: By the time you're heading out, she's in the shop just looking over some books, and she'll say hi.
1: Hope you get some customers.
0: I'm sure I will. We'll be back. See you later, Belinda.
1: Yep. I guess I'll- they're not going to be hard to find. I'll go look for for Akiva. Oh, yeah. (laughs) let
3: They won't be that far from the shop. We're probably taking a break at this point, watching other people fight.
1: Nice. Taking notes.
0: Potential competitors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're going to whoop them. For the 2v2, right? For the 2v2. Yeah. Got to scout your competition. Yes. What's this? I thought you were sparring.
3: We're just taking a little break. Go okay? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. How do you feel, Scriv? Embarrassed. I think I can do better. I I need to fight you more. Your entire fighting style just doesn't follow reason and logic and decent combat. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: It's a good foil for your technique, Scriv.
3: Yeah, and I'm totally seeing what Valen was talking about, where I definitely work better with someone else alongside me.
1: Most of us do. You ready for some breakfast?
3: Yeah. I know I'm hungry. Can it be fried fish?
1: It'll be whatever they have for us at the hypnotic night, since we are being provided breakfast.
3: Okay, that'll be fine.
1: There's not a lot of fish in Orenthal, since we're inland, I'm afraid.
3: Well, I could hope. Maybe they had, like, dried fish. Preserved fish that's, like, a step above just our normal road rations.
1: They do have a lot of, you know, meat and cheese. And lots of fresh bread, because of, you know, the mills just outside of town.
3: Fresh break bread with good honey butter?
1: I think we can scrounge that up. All right, let's head off to the Hypnotic Night.
3: So, you guys head over to the Hypnotic
0: Night. What district? It's in the Gold Petal Gardens. Okay. So as you walk up, it is a pretty warm and nice looking building. What looks like wooden tree trunks make up a lot of the outer structure and small little stained glass windows cover the exterior, but you can hear a lot of noise and energy on the inside. Walking in through these light metal doors, you just see a bunch of people just talking and eating and drinking. Bartender is moving about, and you see kind of a bit of a sweat on him, like he's working really hard. But as you walk in, he kind of just waves to you and just gestures, kind of like wherever you can find a place.
1: I give him a nod. I'm gonna scan the room. Do I see uh, our inviter?
0: It takes you a while as you see a bunch of different tables occupied with a bunch of people. But as you are scanning through the people that are moving, you notice there is a stage that is set up towards the very back of the tavern, and on it you see someone telling a story, it seems, projecting loudly, and that's when, with a flourish of his blade, he dazzled his opponents and dropped them to the ground. That is the story of the hypnotic knight. And with a deep bow, like, there's a small bit of cheers and applause. You, Belinda, recognize Canathar, but you see towards the back of the room, a pretty stocky man with short wavy white hair that has blue tips and is shaved on both sides of his head. His golden skin with a diamond, fairly attractive face, and a long mustache. You notice kind of reaching up from under a slight V-neck shirt, what looks like it could be a unicorn tattoo. And you notice as he's gesturing, there seems to also be another tattoo on the back of his right hand. And as he kind of turns and gestures around the crowd, you notice another like bit of tattoo on the back of his neck.
1: And I will lead her and say, that's who we're here to meet. Oh. Do we just go
3: up to them? and?
1: We will all make our way over now that he's wrapping up a performance.
0: So you see him kind of go around to the people and he's talking to a few and he gestures to the bartender and points who then the bartender runs over and starts to hand out some drinks. And there's a shaking of hands between him and the bartender. Like he's buying people drinks and talking. And as you guys get closer, he takes a quick look over to all of you and just does a quick like gesture towards a open table that actually has a rope tied around the chairs and says reserved at the bottom.
1: How exclusive. I'll go sit at that table.
0: Okay. Okay. Takes a few minutes. You see, he's just chatting up different people. He's a big smile on his face the whole time, and he slowly makes his way over to where the four of you sit.
1: Yeah. As he's making his way over, I'm gonna lead over to Zolas and say, "I'm sorry. We really need this money. Otherwise, I'm so sorry for what's going to happen to you."
0: He's here. rubbing his eyes and like, "I know." As soon as you said the name, uh, it's all right. Um, is he gonna be safe with him? <laughs> I'll, I'll be fine. Don't worry.
1: He's very reliable.
0: He seems nice to me. Before he gets over to your table, the bartender comes up and has four plates of food in hand and starts to place them down. It's an omelet. Ooh. That's placed before each of you. It has some ham in it, some cheese. Pretty simple, but it's hearty. And he just says, uh, "Drinks," real quick as he was dropping off the plates, and just points to all of you. Like ale, rum, mead.
1: Nothing strong.
0: Any juice? Mead, please. Zola's is just like when he says rum, just nods. Mead. I, I have some apples I guess I could crush up, and yeah, I can do that for juice for you. Yeah, no problem. That worked. Thank you. No, nothing? Then points to you, Belinda.
1: You got anything without alcohol?
0: The apple juice. <laughs>
1: Apparently I'm having apple juice.
0: <laughs> All right. and then he walks off. You notice everyone in here, though, is, is drinking either mead or- It's too
3: ale. early in the morning. We're not day drinking. Wait, what are you talking about? Mead is practically a juice. Is it really?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's what everybody drinks. That's okay. I think we'll play it off Akiva's learning guess he's going to drink some really bad apple juice. Is
0: it bad or is it... Like, you have them and you drink it and it's okay, but you get some chunks of apple in it.
1: Is there bread also, Tony? Yes, there is bread. Okay, whatever bread or pastries, we will take those as well.
0: Okay, he just goes back and forth, doesn't ask you for any money or anything, just... You get the impression like, yeah, this is definitely paid for for you.
1: Okay. I'm just going to say telepathically to Zolas. Now, we're at the end here. Is there anything else I should know? Because I don't want to get blindsided by this guy.
0: You know my family. That was the last big uh, secret that I had. If there's anything that you don't know, then I don't know it either.
1: All right. I'm just going to drink this horrifying monstrosity of a concoction. and
0: It's not
3: great. I know that it's the day of the combat festival. I would still like to take a cursory glance around the room and count the number of weapons present. Many. Most people have
1: like
0: a weapon on them and it is a very full tavern. Okay.
1: Are there a lot of blades or is there more like mauls, or?
0: More uh, bludgeoning weapons. So a few maces, a couple of, some of them are just clubs. (laughs) You see a couple people with like daggers. Basically no martial weapons really, or not many of them. A lot of simple weapons.
3: And no one is overtly, like, creepily staring at Zolas, slowly creeping forward to try and stab him.
1: Yeah, we'd like to look around for danger, I think.
0: <laughs> Off initial inspection, no, but you guys can roll a perception
3: check. That is a nine.
1: 23.
0: Looking around the room, it's loud. Your initial inspection, like, you caught a lot of people that just kind of glanced up at all of you and then looked away, but not much. Belinda, looking around, most eyes, if they're not on their food or their company, are on Canathar. None really on you. There was a brief bit when you guys sat down at the reserve table and like, who are they? And then they went back to their food. So
1: you're saying they just quietly hated us for a minute because we're obviously better than them.
0: Well, you got to this special table right by the stage and they aren't.
1: We got a stage side seats.
3: I'm just going to put my eyes back down towards my food. The food's
0: good. Yep. So, after a few moments, you guys have some time to eat. Eventually, Kenneth Ark comes over, pulls up a chair, and just... You know how you just really, like, sit back quickly into it? He does that. Almost putting his feet on the table and quickly stops and drops them. He's like, sorry about that. How are y'all doing today? How is your morning?
1: Good. Good. Probably not as good as yours.
0: The food's good. Everyone's having a good time. Yes. You guys just got in the city yesterday, right? Played some games? Had any fun? Yeah, I participated in the weapon throwing contest. Ah, how'd you do? I won first place. Nice, made a little bit of gold always good on the games. Yeah. You see him kind of like wave off to some people.
1: You know, you're not responsible for our entertainment here in the city.
0: No, of course not. I'm simply here to be welcoming to everyone.
1: Yeah, that's why they pay you.
0: Slight smile. Yes, that's why they pay me.
1: I smile back at him.
0: So you needed to see me? I mean, I figured- Breakfast is the best way to do it. First thing of the day, get a good meal in your belly. And he kind of like waves over to the bartender who comes up with another plate and mead.
1: I'm fine, thank you.
3: All right, so all's good. You had a journey recently? Just hand signal. Is he usually this or I know not to
1: crowd a crowded tavern, but at the same time, I feel like this performance is even drawing more attention than just quietly doing business. So yeah,
0: yeah, we were just on a journey. Excellent. And you guys recover well, nothing terrible, anything out of the way. I mean, outside of Orenthal, stuff can be pretty rough. I know, I know. Any good stories?
1: We're glad to be back at Orenthal. Or in Orenthal for the first time for some of us.
0: Yeah, it's a nice city. Very big. Well, good, 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 good. I suppose we have a little bit of business to attend do, to, right? Yes. yes, 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 of course. And he kind of like, he's waving over again and just kind of like, just someone like, no, nah, no, nah, later, later, later.
1: Don't tell him any stories. They won't be yours anymore.
0: Okay,
3: not concerning at all.
0: So actually, scrib. I'm trying to think, like he's kind of turning around and looking a lot. You can see definitely up close, like there's a very abstract tattoo on his right hand. It doesn't seem to represent anything specific, just shapes. You also notice there's a tattoo of like text at the back of his neck, which you can read this. It's in draconic and it just says death. Uh Uh-huh. So anyways, as he's kind of like gesturing people away, he puts both hands on the table and he's like, well, I know you wanted these. And as he kind of like moves his hands, you see four small bags of coins.
1: Yes, we do like to be paid for our work.
0: I mean you have done what you were asked to do and uh, we have everything set. I know that there was an additional job promise, but of course, you know, you have to check things out and all that beforehand. And I have a lot of stories that I know our good friend here, Nijester Storzulis, wants to get down on paper.
1: Yes, he is quite the storyteller as well.
0: Yes, so please feel free to enjoy the food. Have fun, relax while you're here. Go play some more games. I assume you're all good, and I will work with our good friend here to get some of those stories down and get his name out there.
1: And I hope we will be paid our additional compensation as agreed upon.
0: Absolutely. Just big smile.
1: I'd like to incite him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, go for it.
3: That is a 24. 24. 18. Okay.
0: So he is telling the truth that you are promised another job. He seems uncertain that... Zolas, whatever Zolas has to say, is going to yield anything useful.
1: He is intending to compensate us as agreed upon, but he kind of thinks it won't be necessary because he thinks it might be BS.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. You have the coin in front of you of the 20 gold that was promised to each of you. Yes. So that is there, including Valen's share. Okay. I'll give that to you, Belinda, since you're better at handling things.
1: Yeah, I can hold on to it and give it to Valen if you'd like. Are you planning to spend all of your money? Is that why I'm here? Not
2: all of it, but I, I'm going to spend some of it.
1: So yeah, I will take... Of the pouches. Okay. Well,
0: and he hands on the table, he gets up, you know, stretches a little bit. Come, my friend. And he goes around and puts a hand on the back of Zolas, like, let's talk. We should talk details on these stories now. And he starts to lead him away. Bye, buddy. Can I give him a hug? You can go and give Zolas a hug, and he does one of those, like, pat pat on your back. Bye, buddy. Bye, Akiva. Zolus is, like, getting up. He's, like, starting to be led, but he's pausing so that he can actually say goodbye to the rest of you.
3: Yeah, I would like to say goodbye. Hopefully we can see each other again under better circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: should be around. And he just nods to
3: you, Belinda.
1: I say, I think we're good.
0: Thanks again. And he is moved along with Kennethar. Okay. So you guys finish your breakfast. Food is good.
3: I pocket some of the leftovers.
1: You can pocket some of my leftovers. I don't eat all of it because they kept bringing more and more food.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't really stop. And I put them in a little knapsack and there's my lucky leftovers. So where to, guys?
1: Well, we're going to go to that store you were looking to go to, Akiva. I know you had some essential items to procure.
0: Well, I
2: was hoping to maybe make a performance later today or tomorrow Just try and earn some extra coin.
1: I think so.
3: When were you going to do that? I thought we were going to do the 2v2. Yeah, that's why I said either today or tomorrow. Okay. What is the timing for that, Tony? The 2v2 is during the early
0: afternoon today. That's the schedule that you guys had. Whereas Cataclysm will take place basically right after that. Actually, it's uh, late morning, early afternoon for that one. For uh, competition, Cataclysm is afternoon.
1: Okay, so we have enough time to go shopping for Akiba's performance. You have a couple hours. But not for him to necessarily get a stage, do a full performance and everything.
0: No, he could do a full performance, like, just before the Cataclysm game, but...
1: Okay. Well, let's go get those things you need, I guess. Sure.
0: All right. So we're going to jump over to you, Vela, and see what you've been up to so far. You know both competitions take place at the Temple to Arleos, at the Golden Scales for these two. The first one, the wrestling competition, is early in the morning. It's the first competition of the day. So you hear a light tapping on your door as Armand. Valen, you asked me to make sure you were awake. Your competition is supposed to start in about an hour.
4: Thanks for that. We were out a bit late last night. Yeah, you got in a little bit late. Did you enjoy your evening? Yes, it was uh, good for the soul.
0: Good. Well, I mean, you did mention you needed a bit of soul searching while you were back in Orenthal, so... Quite.
4: Well, thank you. all. Make sure I get there on time. Let me know if you need anything, Valen.
0: I'm always here to help. Will do. I'll talk to you in a bit. All right. And he goes off to attend to his normal morning duties. He is very clearly a rise with the sun type of person, as it is still just getting the first hints of light. So anything particular you want to do in the morning before heading over to the Golden Scales?
4: Just going to head out.
0: Okay. So you make your way out and follow a few people. It's not very busy right now, but it is known that one of the bigger games, the wrestling competition, will be starting shortly after dawn at the Golden Scale. So you slowly make your way towards a a very elaborately designed building with several stories. You notice on the outside there's a lot of intricate carvings. Of what seem to be famous, like battles or stories of worshipers of Arleos, kind of chiseled into the stone around it. The whole thing is about three stories tall, all made of stone. And as you walk inside, the sanctuary itself is kind of star shaped, sloping downward towards the center. This, in particular, usually they have like the altar in the center so that they preach outwards. Now it looks more like they've set up for the competition itself as the center seems to be kind of set up as an arena.
4: They've cleared out the dais and they've made it into a...
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. There is an entire wall that has a bunch of votive candles that you see off to one side but overall you see several different uh, pews and seats and towards the very top of the different points of the star-shaped sanctuary there's plenty of room for standing as well and you see people starting to file about and move and kind of wait for everything to begin you were told of course to proceed down this little side path and this stairway that heads down to the very bottom floor so that you could get set for the competition ahead as you get down there, you see you are being set with seven other combatants. You see some of them that have armor are starting to remove it. Any weapons are being put into kind of this locker for their tools. And as you come down, you see a male dwarf has a few tattoos across him and is fairly fair-skinned, kind of like a little red-faced. Well, I have a chest for you right down there if you want a name for the competition. Mark me down as Valen. all alright. Valen. if you want, if you have any armor or weapons you want to put down, and he'll point off to a fairly plain looking chest, feel free to put it there. There's a key in the lock you can turn if you want, if you feel someone's going to steal your stuff, but otherwise, just get set. We'll have you all set up and figure out who your first challenger is. Three matches, win all three, and you get the prize. Plain and simple. Sounds good to me, thank you. No problem. And he jots your name down and kind of moves off to check up on the other people there. Takes a little bit of time, but eventually everybody arrives. Is there anything you'd want to be doing during this time?
4: Just go put my pouch aside into the locker and get a sense of the space. Make sure that when I'm fighting, I don't accidentally step out of bounds
0: okay there's a small hallway that leads into the central arena because you guys are in a tucked away little room underneath where a lot of the pews are you see the arena itself is about 30 by 30 more or less it's circular in shape they seem to have created like a small little raised platform for this arena and eventually you guys are all gathered and the dwarven man is kind of just goes all right so three ways you can knock your opponent out the first one is to pin them to the ground for a three count if you're able to do that, you've won the match. The second is to knock them out of the arena. And the final one is by knockout. You are free to hit your opponent non-lethally. You don't want any deaths here. We do have a few herbalists on standby if anything comes to that, but we'll make sure you're all safe out in the arena. As soon as someone goes down, if it looks like they're out, we will run in, make sure that they're all right, and declare whoever's still standing there the other winner. All right. Well, let's get things started then. As you all are kind of gathering together, he essentially hands out this hat that has a bunch of papers in it. You pull out the number three and he writes your name on a board. You find yourself up against a, a rock named Irk. You find yourself to be in the second match of this competition. As things go, you first see a tabaxi and a human man. And after a few moments, you see the Tabaxi drop an elbow onto the human and then hold him. And after a second or two, there's a count of one, two, three, and the human is out. Then you are called up. As you are brought in, the dwarf kind of goes, All right, for our second match, Valen," And calls you up forth first. And his opponent, the wiry, the quick, Irk! Irk just does a quick flap of the wings to kind of easily step up. All right. So, you know the rules. Keep it clean. And uh, we'll have no problem here. All right. Are you both ready? Ready. Irk, just ready. Roll initiative. 20. All right. So the two of you kind of square off. The dwarf backs up a little bit to the edge of the arena. On your mark. Fight. You get
4: first go. Take the dodge action and just kind of feel it out
0: so you react faster and quickly shift into a stance as he just trills like his feathers kind of puff out for a bit just runs straight at you he's attempting to shove you back i need you to make either athletics or acrobatics 21 he actually catches you for a moment starts to shift you but you slip just barely out of the way. He kind of stumbles and essentially you switch places as he is now in the spot that you were in and he turns to face you again.
4: I will strike out at him, an attack and a bonus action attack. First one is a 17. The bonus action is a crit.
0: Go ahead and roll all of your damage. 15. So as he spins around, you slip out of the way as you one, catch him first in the shoulder and then hit him across the side with your knee. He spins. It looks like he seemed to ignore some of that in like his pure fury as he kind of spins around. It hurts and he's not looking great right now. In response, as he kind of spins to face you, you see an arm cock back and thrust towards you, but you bat it aside with one hand as he recklessly takes a swing and tries to swing again, but it also just dodged the second one.
4: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go for the, uh then. 21 and 18. Both hit. Six and eight.
0: 14 total. So again, two quick pops. One's first to his ribs, the same spot you hit before. The second kind of catches him under the jaw a bit. And you see like some blood dripping from the corner of his beak. He just, his eyes turned to you and just again, still rage filled as he just goes to lunge at you. He kind of catches you around the midsection, but you shove and twist and turn him so he's just to the side of you and he can't seem to get a full grip on you.
4: If he's right underneath he may as well go for the elbows, right? An 11 and a 16.
0: The 16 hits, the 11 misses. Six damage. You kind of go to hit. The first one, he kind of shifts, it uh, glances off his shoulder. You don't get the solid connect, but you then bring both arms again down on his back as he kind of crumples a little bit. He releases his hold on you that he was trying to to get, but he's looking real rough now. He's getting frustrated, so he's gonna take two more swings at you, just these two big powerhouse swings to try and take you down. The first one, you take a step back as the fist just harmlessly passes. The second one, he's a a little faster this time. You weren't quite expecting it as it slams into your ribs. You take six points of bludgeoning damage.
4: Let's try to throw some kicks out here. 19 and 17. Both hit. 10 damage.
0: Okay, as he had caught you, your knee comes up, catching him in the chest. He kind of stumbles back, giving you a little bit of breathing space as your left foot comes down. You quickly shoot a sidekick out to give you a little extra distance as it catches in his stomach, pushing him back a little bit. In response, he's kind of doubled over. He's breathing heavy but he then just runs right for you. He slams into you, pushes you back uh, about five feet. You look behind and you have a little bit of room left on the platform, but he definitely shoved you a decent bit.
4: Gonna do some pot shots, 13 and a 20. Both hit. 12 between the two.
0: So first you spin, catch a knee again under his ribs. As he starts to double over, you do a quick elbow down, catch him at the base of his neck, and he just hits the ground. There is a count of six seconds before someone is running over, hopping into the arena and just checking him, then just gives the thumbs up to the dwarf on the side who calls I
4: hey, the winner, Valen!" Massive cheers from the audience. Before I leave the uh, ring, I'll reach down and I'll get him back to one, lay on hands.
0: He is much calmer now. Good match. Great moves. So, your next match is up against the Tabaxi, who is named Timber. So, you are up.
4: I suppose if I knock him down, then he can't get up because his speed is zero. Yeah, if you grapple him and
0: then shove him down, his speed is zero and he's essentially just on the ground.
4: Which is right, 21 total.
0: You square off quickly reach out, he seems caught off guard by your speed as you wrap an arm around him and start to hold him, stopping him from moving. You push and in the very last moment you think he's about to slip free, but you catch his knee behind yours and he drops to the ground. He is taking a swing straight at your face. He just hits, so as he kind of squirms, he takes one swing and kind of catches you off guard, cracking your jaw a little bit. You do take five points of bludgeoning damage. He goes to try and swing again, but you're a little bit more prepared and it just bounces off your, your shoulder, not really getting any sort of impact.
4: First one is 23 total, and the second one is 21 total. Both hit. 15 total damage.
0: So first you kind of drop a knee down as the air escape his lungs. As his head comes up, you use your, your free arm and just smack an elbow into the side of his head. It kind of smacks into the ground a little bit too as he's trying to shake off these two quick, heavy blows. He doesn't like being here he's gonna try and shove you off as his head comes down he looks like he's gonna go and punch at you but he quickly shifts and like slams a fist into your chest twists and slips out of your grasp he is no longer grappled so he's just gonna get to his feet
4: i'm just gonna go for it again oh crit right off the bat yes and the other one is 21.
0: okay as he kind of comes to his feet you thrust a fist into his stomach follow it with a roundhouse that catches him under the jaw, and he takes a few steps back as he's a little shaky on his feet, but still standing. He then picks a leg up and goes to essentially sparta you. So you take five more points of damage as his foot catches you in the stomach, and he goes to take another swing, but that one misses as you just duck out of the way.
4: Yeah, I'm going to try to put him down now. 22 into 21.
0: Both hit. As his swing, you duck under. You kind of come up quick jab from one to kind of catch him straight in the nose and a roundhouse that just drops him to the ground. As he drops, there's a quick six second count just to see, make sure he's not about to get back up. Again, the same herbalist runs in and kind of checks him, gives the thumbs up.
4: If I have the opportunity, I will spend one of my precious healing points for him. He is very grateful. i get off to the side and uh, use my healing hands.
0: So you're in the final round.
4: I'm going to use seven points for my Lay on Hands, leaving one.
0: All right. So that brings you up against... Spooky Elf. Ardeth. She goes first. She shifts and does two quick strikes. You bring your hands up, deflect one, and catch the other and push it aside.
4: I am going to make an attack. Seventeen.
0: You go and swing and she starts to dodge, but you just catch her. Eight damage. She spins to try and like avoid a lot of the damage, but it still hits and she stays on her feet, but ooh, that one hurt. She's actually looking a little bit rough already.
4: Yeah, I'll definitely use my bonus action. I will actually flurry a blows. 20 to hit, and another 20. Both hit? Both of them are six damage.
0: Six each? Yes. You follow it up with two quick hits. One catches her in the shoulder. The other one, you slam a palm into her chest just below her throat. As she stumbles back, you see she kind of like coughs up. She's going to shift and try and catch you under the rib. But she's just shaky on her feet. She goes to swing love it She's telegraphing all of her movements, and you dodge and block. 16 to hit. You swing, and she ducks as you kind of, like, catch some of her air.
4: All right, I will just make another as a bonus action. Nothing fancy here. One's a 19 to hit. That hits. Five damage.
0: So you spin. Your first hit dodges. You keep the momentum going, kind of ducking low, catching her kind of right in the sternum lift her up for a moment before you slam her down onto the ground you hear the air escape her lungs as her eyes kind of like close and her head lulls and after again a brief count just to make sure herbalist runs in to check up on her and gives the thumbs up to say that match is over and he's like aye and the winner the dwarf kind of comes up and looks up at you for a second as he kind of initially grabs your wrist to seem like bring it up in the air but just kind of gestures you should do that. Vale! <laughs> and massive applause as you are proclaimed the champion.
4: And once again just before I slip off, that last lay on hands point looks at you. Ow. Good fight.
0: So, you are pulled aside and for the sake of brevity a little bit, you are awarded 25 gold. And now we're going to jump back over to Belinda Scriv and Akiva as they go shopping.
1: We'll go to the kind world, Akiva, it's just down the road. Their prices are not the lowest, but they have a good stock and supply, generally, so we could probably find what you're looking for, which was knives.
2: More importantly, I guess, like a set of six to nine wooden balls that are sort of weighted, and then anything along the lines of, like,
3: knives or, like, mini clubs or anything. I'd like to get some chalk, some additional papers, inks. Is there anything that I can get to maybe complete the forger's kit we were trying to do earlier? I'd say, yeah, you can get the rest of it.
1: Yay! Yes! Proper forgeries. Oh, wait. I'd like to buy some fabric for Ellen. I'm not buying her clothes, but fabric to make clothes.
0: Okay, they have some fabric here. Not a lot.
1: I figured they have standard stuff. I want to get her enough to be able to make, like, a few outfits.
0: I mean, you would essentially need the equivalent of two silver to get one
1: item of clothing out of it. So you it'll cost me six silver? If you want to get three, yes. Okay.
3: Do you think I could get the bits that I need for our set cartographer's tools? I already have the quill, ink, and parchment that I need. I just need to get some calipers, a compass, and a ruler. I would say
0: with all that, that's about 10 gold.
1: Akiva, can you uh, talk to this fine shopkeeper about these items Scriv wants to buy?
2: <laughs> sure. So I'll kind of be like, we're buying all this stuff. Is there any way we can get some semblance of a discount? I know things are kind of busy right now, but- It's festival time.
3: It's, it's festival time.
0: Do a persuasion check. 25. 18.
3: 12, and we advertise your name as part of his show. Are you a show? I do do a show.
0: Scriv, roll persuasion. I got a one. 18.
3: Okay. As we're leaving, Akiva, you need to teach me how to talk to people.
1: <laughs> and I'm going to say, Akiva, you should hire me as your manager, not Scriv. <laughs>
3: You should totally do that. I can help with the paperwork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at rules is written or check out our website dndraw.com and feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com dndraw. And I hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia.